0: Here, there, and everywhere. (laughs) SAFM,
1: 106.1 FM in Bombay. the things that I thought was really serious that we needed to discuss as well is something that I saw a couple of days ago and things may have changed quite a bit actually but this is a study that was done by UJ, a very small sample but it was a very concerning study many employers shifting economic burden of COVID-19 crisis onto the workers and this report really got me worried, so instead of the employer doing the right thing and going through the right processes and applying at UIF and so on so that they don't have to lay people off and all of that they just not they are doing all kinds of other things to try and not do the right thing essentially so we decided to ask uh, the people at UJ who put, conducted the study to just explain and elaborate for us a little bit further Professor Karin Ranchiman, who is Associate Professor the Centre of Social Change at the University of UJ thank you so much for uh, joining us and thank you for making the time to talk to us Good afternoon. So, I mean, this is a very concerning study. How big was the sample, Prof? Uh, you're, you're very right. It's
0: a very uh, concerning survey with regards to uh, companies that have ceased operating during lockdown and are therefore companies that should be applying for the, the C19 tours fund, this UIF benefit. We had a sample of 35, uh, sorry, of 40 companies. And we sampled 35 companies who are still remaining operating as essential services in order to get an insight as to what extent they were uh, applying health and safety standards. So, I mean, what, what's the outcome? What what are employers doing? Well, really concerning. Out of 40 companies we served, surveyed, only nine out of 40 companies have applied for that c 19 TERS UIF benefit. Um, and recent uh, from the Department of Employment and Labour also kind of match up with what we found. There are 1.8 uh, million people registered, employers registered uh, at being UIF compliant uh, but as of 8th of April only 27,000 had applied for that benefit um, so that's a very, very small number indeed and an even smaller number has been paid out uh, and this speaks to concerning capacity problems in the Department of Employment and Labour about whether even if employers do apply, um, whether the Department of Employment and Labour has got the capacity to deal with this.
1: In fact, that was going to be my question because I wasn't sure whether is this a compliance issue on the side of the employer who actually has been quite creative in what they're doing with the employees and so on and so haven't quite complied and therefore they don't qualify. Or is it the fact that we've got problems with capacity to actually deliver?
0: I think it's indeed... Both, as I said, um, the UIF has 1.8 million employers registered with it, but at the same time, the Department of Employment and Labour estimates that maybe as high as 30% of employers are actually not compliant with registering their workers for UIF. And this is very concerning, uh, because what this means in terms of the way the benefit has been set up at the moment, if you are not compliant, uh, that means you can't apply for the scheme mm. and this leaves workers in an absolutely untenable situation where through no fault of their own and mm. um, because they have not been registered for UIF they were unable to seek any relief through the scheme. Uh, and um, and yeah.
1: often Prof is, isn't it that generally by the time you find out that your employer actually has been deceitful it's too late so w- <laughs> what remedy are there for
0: for employees? Well, I think one of the things that uh, the Department of Employment and Labour needs to be, needs to do is um, two things. One, first of all, it has to compel employers to apply for this relief. Okay. At the moment, it is uh, not mandatory in mm. the way that it has been set out. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is I think the scheme has to be opened up to all workers regardless of whether their UIF has mm. been paid or not. Um, we cannot allow workers to starve because of long-standing problems of non-compliance and the fact that historically the Department of Employment and Labour's Inspectorate has not been up to its task Ensuring that employers are compliant with this, as many as well as many other basic labour laws. And,
1: and and right now, the responsibility sits with the employee, with the employee, the employer. I beg your pardon to apply on behalf of the employee, and possibly the the answer here would be for us to directly apply ourselves, so that you can have direct access to
0: UIF. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that is is being raised. The the reason that the Department of Employment and Labour has said that it wants employers to do it is so that the system doesn't become overwhelmed. Mm. Um, But uh, if employers, in fact, do not apply, then we're just leaving workers with absolutely no safety net at all through this crisis. Um, So I think more definitely needs to be done. Really
1: appreciate it. We'll keep talking to you because we want to track whether these numbers actually ever change and whether there has been mitigation at all to try and sort out some of these problems because this is very concerning. People are going hungry and we just cannot sit down and, and do nothing about it. We'll keep coming back to you and see if you've done further studies. Thank you very, very much, Prof. Thank you. Professor Karina Rancheman, who is associate professor at the Center of Social Change at the University of uh, Johannesburg, really concerning that the employers are not actually applying for that uh, UIA, UIF benefit that has been provided by government for relief. Um, so concerning why that's not happening. So we'll keep you posted on that one and whether these numbers actually change. 2.30. Let's go to Uti Lesawko for the latest in headlines.